You are looking fantastic. I'm throwing you a kind of, fit, you know, you've got to do the, uh, the uh, handshake, haven't you? It's either a Morris Dancer one that goes like that, or it's an elbow one, or what's the other one? The bottom one as well. So I'll leave that down to you. But it's incredible. It's great to be with you. Believe for a great morning. Yeah. How are you? My name's Dan Hargreaves. I'm location pastor, as Irene said, at a live church, our Lincoln South location, which we're naming in September when we plant our another location into Lincoln. Does that feel exciting, everybody? Yeah. And it's so good. And I'm believing for a great message. I'm believing that you're going to walk out of this place full of hope today, full of freedom, full of the Word of God feasting in your life. So if you're able, why don't you stand? We're going to commit this morning to God, the morning's message. For all those uh, watching online as well, please feel, feel free to be part of this this morning. We're excited that you've joined us online. So stretch out our hands. Father God, thank you that you're good. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of this church. Thank you for salvations every week, for healings, for people being released into their God-given potential and purpose. We love it. We ask for more and more. May you breathe your life through the Holy Spirit, through this word. And all God's people said, Amen. give everyone a one of them three things that we got to. So I love it. Isaiah 60 says this, Arise church, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and peers over you. Do you know that you've got that glory? Do you know that you carry that wherever you go? Wherever you go? The purposes and the Holy Spirit, you carry that message. And I love it. So you're going to be inspired today. I feel you're going to walk out of this place feeling fresh, ready for a new season of your life. Well, we send our love, our family. A lot of you know my wife, Jo, who heads up the academy. She's incredible. She's holding the fort at Alive Lincoln South today. And I've got my two boys, Hudson, who's six and a half. So Hudson is very one of them creative types. And we went into his bedroom the other day and we saw numerous love letters that had been writing to all the girls in his class. And one of them, it said, Dear Daisy, I love you with all my heart but I love Jesus more. How sweet is that? Smith's a slightly different character. He's, um, he had his, we had his introduction to his new school. So Smith's three and a half starting school in September. And uh, the head teacher there, can you remember when we used to go to school, head teacher, not obviously Mary Claire in the house, but a lot of head teachers had a, a lot of awe and you were scared. I was scared of my head teacher. And I remember walking, walking in there thinking, wow, Smith hasn't got that kind of like scared, fearful nature. So the head teacher's there to greet him. It's his first time that he's been in the primary school. He walks in, gives her a high five and goes, I'm here. So that's our, that's our two characters that we've got, the boys. But um, we send our love and we're excited to be building church. I love a live church. I love the vision. Planting another location into Lincoln North. It's great. We're living in great days, aren't we? Yeah. We're not waiting. We're not waiting for the revival to start. We are the revival. And it's with our hands and feet. We're going for it. So we're going to get you excited today. But I don't know about you, but don't challenges bring out the best in people? I don't know about you, but whenever I set myself a challenge, it always brings out a, a bit of my character that I haven't quite seen before. And it says that in the Bible, doesn't it, in James 1. Dear brothers and sisters, this is James talking. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Isn't that the message we need to be saying to the world at the moment? For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In this season, as challenges are coming over our nation, as challenges are coming over Lincoln, I believe we need to choose faith over fear. 
And we need to grow in this and use this as an opportunity. But I love doing all my different challenges. So over the years, I've done the London Marathon. Can we have a little whoop whoop for that? Yeah. We, uh, I've cycled John O'Groats to Land's End, 110 miles a day for 800 miles. My bottom was a bit sore after that. Um, I've climbed Kilimanjaro. Some advice. Has anyone else climbed Kilimanjaro? Yeah, I'll give you some nice advice. Don't do it. It's horrendous. I fainted on day three and only just recovered about a week ago. Um, that was three years ago. <laughs> But my last challenge about two years ago was to do an Ironman challenge. So for those who know Ironman challenges, a 2.4 mile open water swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then just to put the cherry on the cake, at the top is a 26.2 mile marathon run. Well, I felt I like endurances. I like challenges. It brings out the best in us, doesn't it, people of God? So I remember I felt quite confident with a bike. So I was feeling confident about the bike ride. I felt quite confident about marathon because I believe in muscle memory. You know, you know, once you've done something once, your muscle remembers it and uh, it comes back when you do it. I haven't quite felt that because I went out for 11 mile jog on Monday and I didn't feel the memory was kicking in on my <laughs> muscles at all. <laughs> they were struggling. But the part of the Ironman that I was a bit unsure of was the swimming bit. So for me, for some reason, I can't do front crawl. I can only do breaststroke. I don't know what my mum, I remember she never used to put her head under. So when I do breaststroke, it was like a mum breaststroke. And as part of my uh, Ironman challenge, you had to do 2.4 miles open water swimming. So it comes to the day and we're all set out. Six o'clock in the morning, the gong goes, meh. And all of these people, there's 2,000 people doing this Ironman challenge. And as part of the challenge, you have three categories. Number one over here is the elite athletes category. So they're like the professional GB runners, and they're like off like a shot. In category number two, it is like the kind of professionals who do these triathlons, Ironmans every week. And then in section number three, it's still the professionals who kind of train for things. Well, I didn't really train for anything. So they said, what, uh, sir, what uh, kind of category would you like to go in? And I thought, well, I like being audacious. I'll go in the elite category. So uh, I popped over here knowing that the only swim that I could do is my breaststroke swim. And what happens, the gun goes, meh. And all the elite athletes, they're off like a shot. And what happens is, in category two and category three, they're all swimming over each other to get into the first lane because that's like, you know, where it all happens. It's like salmon swimming all over each other. People are getting black eyes and broken noses as they're starting the Ironman challenge. I thought, I didn't want to do that. I've got the word of God inside me. I'm going to choose a different plan. So I went in the elite athletes over here. The gong goes off. They shot off like a tail. And there's me just doing breaststroke behind them. But what happened is I got a clear path. And as I came out of the water, uh, Channel 4 were doing a documentary on the Ironman Challenge. And as I come out of the water, this guy with a microphone comes up to me. And pastors like microphones, don't they? So I was drawn to him. And he said, how would you get on, mate? I said, yes, I've just done it breaststroke. He looks at me, breaststroke. Well, that's not been done before. As I heard them words, something in my spirit resonated. And today I want to talk about what has not been done before. What is it as a church that we have not yet done before? I love the words of Jesus' words in John, 1, uh, John 21, 25. It says this, Jesus also, right at the end of John, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. What were the things that Jesus did that we don't totally know about? And what is he challenging us? What has not been done before that we can do? Can you get a bubble in your spirit? Am I going to motivate you today to step out for Jesus? I believe I am. You see, God's desire for you 
is for you to create a new chapter for the kingdom. Can we have some amens? To fly in your relationship with him. To do something that has not been done before. I need a bit of stir up. Stir me up with some faith. I'll preach better with a few amens out here. You see, at this point in the nation, something is happening, but we don't know fully what it is. In the church, something is happening. I believe that God is on the move. It's unprecedented, but we don't quite know fully what it is. A guy who came and preached at ground level on Tuesday, he used this phrase, a new reformation is underway, but no one understands what it looks like. What is it as a church that we're going to walk into that is unprecedented, that has not been done before? And how can we play our part in it? You see, I believe that at the moment there's a huge move of unity within a city. Churches speaking well of each other. Churches praying together. Churches joining together for social action projects. Glaffin, I'm sure Joyce has shared the story. 71 churches coming together in this city to bless it on our social action projects. You've heard the story. City councillor came and says, we know the churches are doing loads of great stuff, but we haven't got one voice who we need to speak to. Well, we set up uh, Lincoln Active, Greater Lincoln Active Faith Network. That was the churches come together. See, I believe that the new thing that God is doing is unity. It's the church speaking with one voice. Can we have some amens? The council came to us and we said, yes, we are getting together. So we've been on a journey over the last three years of churches praying, believing the best, celebrating when other churches are seeing many salvations, celebrating other church leaders, cheering them on in the city. Not being so insecure that if other churches grow, we're going, well, what about us? No, we're for the kingdom. We want every church to thrive and grow as a result of what God's doing. I believe that's the unprecedented times we're moving into. It's unity. It's exciting. I believe that the new times we're walking into is a kind of combination, a hybrid of the gathered church together. There is nothing better than gathering together and hearing God's voice. There's nothing better than seeing miracles I want to say to us all, let's get to worship encounter tonight. Where we're seeing healings, miracles, salvations. We're hearing stories of God's goodness. Let us celebrate the gathered church. Let's make it a number one priority. I love it. When we worship God, there's nothing like it. For those gentlemen in the house, we're doing our Astonish conference in two weeks, hopefully. We'll have to uh, see what the government's saying. We'll take our lead from them. But we want to empower guys coming together to live out a radical life for Jesus. Isn't that what we're about? Can we throw me a high five for where you're sitting? See, I believe the hybrid of gathered is a great thing. But we need the hybrid of the gathering and the influence coming together. I believe in the scattered church. And I'm looking out there. Each one of your faces represent a community that's never been uh, fully into the life of the presence of God. A workplace, a family member, your street. I believe in the scattered church. You see, if we just kept it to these four walls, and if we kept it to the gathered here, we need to recognise the impact we can have out in the community, what we're doing. There's tens of thousands of us here that Alive Church can have an influence as scattered people, getting empowered as we gather together to go and then radically make a difference. Are you with me on it? See, I believe that miracles can be in the inconvenient places You know, yes, they're here on Sundays and we love it. That's supernatural. It's part of our value. But have you ever, has God ever woke you up in the middle of the night and said, do this, send a message? Or even just as you're hanging out in the evening, has he ever kind of said, what about that person you need to go to? Or when you're walking home, 
felt the Holy Spirit just say, walk slightly down that, that alleyway. Has he ever done that to you? And when you go there, you meet someone and you have a miracle with them. Have you ever done that? See, I believe that miracles are sometimes in the inconvenient places. And we need to be people who look into these. Matthew 17, verse 27 says, this is Jesus talking. However, we, this is him talking about taxes, paying taxes. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw out a line. Open the mouth for the first fish you catch. Open its mouth and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. How random's that? That's a miracle. You know, if I said to Dave, hey, Dave, hey, Dave, I need £100,000 for a, for a new building in the south of Lincoln. Oh, by the way, you wouldn't mind just going fishing for it because God's got a... <laughs> we need to be looking for miracles in the most random of places. I believe as we go out of here, where's random places? Where's God opening up for you? We've got a fantastic guy in our location who drives buses. He calls himself the bus pastor because that's who he is. For a living, he actually drives buses. He's called Andy. And I love Andy. And every week he comes to church and I'm like, Andy, what's happened this week out on the buses? And he goes, oh, the bus pastor's been in action. And I said, so he was telling me the story. Um, every day before he gets on that bus, he prays for that bus to, to be an opportunity for him to share the goodness of God. I said, Andy, how many people get on the bus a day? He goes, well, six to seven hundred. I'm like, six to seven hundred. So you're praying for six, six hundred people out there who are getting on your bus. He's like, yeah, it's brilliant. And the other day, he, got, he, said, he told me a story and he said, a lady came onto the bus and the lady says, kind of like, it was, it was one of them secret handshake things. Are you the bus pastor? He went, yes, I am. And she stayed on the bus for four hours just conversing with Andy because he's got God living inside of him. And he was able to pray with her. That's exciting stuff, isn't it? That's where the miracles are at. We've got another girl, you might know her, Nat, Natalia, called Nat. And she's fantastic. She came to one event last year. And she's been hanging out, going on the journey, discovering Jesus for herself. And um, on, on, that, on, on her journey, she's been teaching yoga. And she set up a Facebook page called the uh, True Life for Freedom. And she's got over a thousand followers on it. And Natalia, she was uh, teaching yoga and she built up this big community. Well, she had a radical uh, encounter with Jesus about two weeks ago. And in this, she got baptized. And what happened? She was filled with the Holy Spirit and a demon was casted out of her. Exciting stuff. She came out and she was like, wow, Jesus is real. So she came out saying that I've got a bit of a challenge because her whole work community is teaching yoga. And that's, that's how she gets all of her money. But she said she so radically met Jesus that she's changed her Facebook page into teaching yoga, into talking about Jesus Christ and the impact that he's had on her. Isn't that great? Isn't that scattered? Isn't that about the influence that God wants for each one of us? And I'm looking in here at the gold in each one of you saying, get a smile on your face. God's going to use you as a scattered person out in your workplace, yeah. in your community, in your family. You should be licking your lips for the kingdom of God. You can tweet that one. That's a good one, isn't it? I was talking to Andy Duncan, part of this location. What a guy. And he's telling me that he's just written a novel, selling it out. And he's, he's just waiting to get it publicized at the moment. And it's on a parable of the lost sheep. But it's written in a way that people who don't go to church are going to read it and love it. I love this stuff. There's influence. Can we have an amen? amen. If I was in Stephen Furtick's churches, you'd all be up there with your handkerchiefs swinging around. I love this stuff. You see, I believe that God is doing something fresh. 
but it's up to us to step into it. What is it that has not been done before for the kingdom of God? That should be getting you going. It's getting me going. You see, whatever is happening that God is on the move, with something shifting, we must know that our identity is in Christ. You know that's people of God. We must know. So we shouldn't feel insecure when new things of God start. We should be able to embrace them because we know our identity is in Christ. You see, lack of identity drives people to all kinds of brokenness. Alcohol, sleeping around, self-harm, drugs, comparison, loneliness, and suicide. That's what happens when there's a lack of identity. In Lincolnshire, there's been a record number of people committing suicide. Well, that's not going to happen on our watch. We need to step up our game, church. We need to rise up. I love the projects that are going on. Things that Roy Elden's doing, involved with a shed here, and we're doing as a church that are connecting with guys who might be feeling that way with mental health challenges. In Highcombe, we meet up once a month, but we've built an online community of over 200 guys where we can talk about people with mental health issues. It's not happening on our watch because we've got a better answer. We've got to give them identity. You see, the enemy's desire is to pin you down with isolation, with fear, with lack of purpose, with lack of who you are. He wants to get you in a throat lock, but we know something different. When you know your identity, we've got a different picture. Let's choose faith over fear. Don't let the enemy's whisper block out the roar of the lion. That's who we are as people. You are not your job. You are not defined by your parents or your background. You are defined by what God says about you people. I love it. Matthew 3 verse 17. This is what God said about Jesus. This is my son chosen and marked by my love, the delight of my life. You're the delight of God's life. That should put a smile on your face. Wow. What God who created everything, heaven and earth. I'm his delight. Too right. That's my identity. That's how I walk out of this place. That's who I am. I absolutely love it. You see, once you know your identity in God, extraordinary things can happen. Offense doesn't have any stickability when you know your identity. You see, people can say what they want, but it doesn't determine your future because your identity in God determines your future. She can wipe that off. Number two, comparison culture, which is what is robbing young people of their identity, feeling they've got to be someone else rather than growing in the identity that Christ has given them. Comparison culture turns into inspiration. You don't need to be worried about what other people are doing. You need to be inspired because God's got a plan for you. Can we have an amen? amen. When you know who you are in God, there, has to be, there, there is a unique design for you. And thirdly, freedom is your best friend because you recognise the power of the cross. People, we've got to know who our identity is in Christ. When things are moving around, when the world's telling us lies and saying what's happening, we need to know our identity is in Christ, that we're sons and daughters loved by the Most High. Let that revelation sink into you. You don't need a New Year's resolution. You need a New Year's revelation. We need to know the revelation of God that He loves us that he's proud of you, that you don't have to go off and earn it. He loves you for who he is. When Smith punches a hole through his wall in our house, I don't love him anybody less. i just got to focus that passion for Jesus and get the wall mended as well. God doesn't love you anything less. It's not about what you do. It's who you are, your identity in him. Can we have an amen in the house? 
So I'm talking today about that's not been done before. I'm going to give you four really quick, simple points on what you can take away today that is hopefully going to inspire you to live out a step into what has not been done before. Number one, take responsibility. Take responsibility. I believe that, I love this phrase, we use a phrase, you're it. Don't moan about anything. You're the church, you're, you are it. I remember when I started Energize, taking a bag of footballs onto the ermine. It was like, don't moan that we're not getting out into the community. You're it, what are you doing about it? And I want to encourage us, as you are, out in the workplace, take responsibility. Be the people in the workplace who buy the milk. Be the people in the workplace who bring the words of positivity. Be the person in the workplace who say you're going to pray for someone, who's going to do what you, what you said you were going to do. Be the person in the workplace who brings a smile and life and energy and, and, and light into the situation. You see, God has given you a platform, and I want to encourage you to keep taking responsibility for the kingdom of God. You see it in Nehemiah, one of Stuart's favorite chapters in, in, in the Bible, book in the Bible, where they're talking about rebuilding the walls, uh, the walls of Jerusalem. And time after time, I'm going to give you some homework. Read Nehemiah 3. Time after time, it says people came along, it, um, came along it, it, inside of each other. Came along beside each other, that's the word. Came along beside each other and took responsibility for that bit of wall they were going to build. God is calling you to take responsibility for what is in your hand. For bringing the kingdom in for what you're going to do. Uh, Nehemiah 3, all the time it says, starts off, the high priests and the other priests started to rebuild at the sheep gate. They dedicated and set it up and started building the walls. Verse 2 of chapter 3, people from the town of Jericho worked hard next to them. Verse 5, next were this family, this people. Verse 6, next to them, they repair in the wall. Verse 8, next was the son of Haran. Next, over there on verse 9, was next to them on the wall. Then came, next section, then came this family. Then came, next, next, next. We've got to take responsibility for the kingdom of God. We've got to keep building it. We've got to realise that we're partners in building the gospel. Are you with me? We've got a great guy in our location called John. And John came up to me a few months ago and he's like, Dan, I don't feel I'm really cutting it for God. And I'm like, well, what does cutting it for God look like? He said, I want to be more influential for God. I said, well, what's in your hand, mate? What do you do? And he says, I own my own window cleaning firm. I was like, oh, fantastic. I said, how many clients you got in there? He goes, oh, about 500. I'm like, 500? You got 500 clients? I said, that's more than come to church, uh, uh, you, know, you know, in our location on a Sunday. He goes, oh, yeah. But what, what do I say? I said, well, how many people of them 500 do you talk to? And he said, well, I've got relationship with about 350 of them. I said, there's your opportunity. Seize it, mate. You are the window cleaning pastor. You're not there to clean their window. Yeah, that's something what you do. You're there to bring life and hope and freedom and purpose into people's life as you converse with them. If we get this revelation that we can do it, that God has given us a platform in your, own, in your own life, you can do all kinds of amazing things. Take responsibility for your time. Take responsibility for your treasure, the gift that God's given you. And take responsibility for your talent. God has given you a unique talent that no one else has got. Take responsibility for it. I want you to take responsibility for this house as well. We had Rise and Build last week. I want to encourage you. If you didn't give in to Rise and Build last week, I want to say, please give in to it. You're taking responsibility for this house, God's place, God's kingdom, God's home. Please give sacrificially. 
See, see this house looked after. Take responsibility. Can we have an amen? amen. Are we doing well? Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. Is it flowing like milk and honey? <laughs> Number one, if you want to do something that's not been done before, take responsibility. Number two, if you want to do something that's not been done before, try something fresh. I would encourage us all to go out of this building today and join a new club. See what opportunity there is for you. I remember setting up a running club not so long ago. And it was great at the start. We had a few lads from church and then a few lads from the community. And over kind of six months, the guys from the community just kind of dropped off and it just ended up a load of lads from church, which is great for them to, to, uh, to kind of like keep running. But my friend out of that club, he got inspired. So he joined a local running club. And every week at this running club, there's 25, 30 of them who run together. I said, mate, have you had any opportunities to share about your faith? He goes, oh yeah, all 25 of them know I'm a Christian. They know what I do and they know what I represent. Isn't that a great opportunity? I want us in our minds to think about trying something fresh. Join a new club. Look for the opportunities. As we plant a new location into the north of this city, we're going to have to start fresh things that are not yet been done, that are not happening. I love Colossians 4 verse 5. Live wisely among those who are not yet believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. People of God, when we go about our daily life, let our conversation be gracious and attractive. Let us be the people who don't swear. Let us be the ones who bring hope and freedom. Let us be the people as everyone's entering with fear, going out into the workplace this week. We are the ones who bring in hope and freedom and purpose and life into people. Let's try something fresh with our language. Some of you might know, uh, I love it. Um, I was in, in a car wash uh, the other day and I got chatting to the bloke washing, <laughs> washing the car and he, he was like asking me, so what do you do? And I said, ah, oh, so I could have just said I'm a church pastor. If I normally said that, that might have shut the conversation or it might have opened it up. You don't know. Sometimes it can shut the conversation. Oh, all right, do you, mate? Oh, nice one. Carry on, win. You know, over there. But I said, oh, I'm an elevator of people. He said, oh, that sounds good. I said, oh, yeah, I motivate people. He said, oh, brilliant. Where'd you, where, where'd you do that? What'd you do that? I said, yeah, I see people walk into their God-given potential and purpose. He's like, wow, that sounds awesome, mate. He said, what'd you do? I said, I'm a church pastor. Language is so important how we communicate the gospel. If we're doing something new for God, we've got to look how we're going to be using our new language. Church, let's get sharp on this. Let's develop and let's use skill on how we can use our language to bring in the kingdom of God. Number three, if we want to do something new for God, we want to be driven by the why and the cause. People, we've got to be driven of why we do what we do. I love this on here. The math, not my bald head. I don't love that. Uh, uh, Matthew 28 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit that's our cause the first two words there therefore go is actually a desire it's a challenge it's, it's us to say go after the cause therefore go and make disciples I would encourage us to go to go to go Matthew 22 verse 36 to 40 says this teacher which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Guys, we've got to be driven by that cause. 
of loving our neighbour as ourselves. We've got to learn how to love ourselves, to value ourselves. We've got to love our neighbour as ourselves. In 1903, a guy called Samuel Pierpoint Langley embarked on a project. He didn't really want to get him in, in, this project, in this project. But to do this project, they said you needed three things. Number one, you needed a lot of money. Well, in 1903, he had £50,000. Secondly, they said to embark on this project, you need the right people. And he was connected to Harvard. He had the best connections through the whole of Harvard University. And thirdly, to achieve this goal, he needed publicity. And he was connected in the New York Times. His best mate ran it. But you've not heard of Samuel Pierpoint Langley because he wasn't committed, he wasn't driven, he wasn't all into the project. But you might have heard of these guys, the Wright brothers in 1903. They were driven by a cause to put flying machines into the air that will change the world. They were committed to a cause of seeing the world change. They had no money, they used the proceeds from their bike shop, they had no education and they had no connections. But why did they do it? Because they were driven by a cause. Well, people of God, we should be driven by the greatest cause of all time. Love your neighbour. Go and make disciples of all nations. Let's be people who are driven by the cause. And fourthly, and finally today, I want us to encourage to step into something new, to see something that has not been done before. Dream big in the supernatural. One of our values is supernatural. I love it. We want to see supernatural in everything that we're doing. We want to see healings. We want to see salvations. We've got to keep going for it. We've got to trust God that he's going to do something supernatural. We'll be known by our wonders, oars, works, wonders and miracles, signs, wonders and miracles. That's what we've got to do as a church. We've got to be people who see the miracles, who pursue, who dream big in the supernatural. You see, I remember my boy, Smith, I remember first off, uh, we, we, went, we, we got told that we couldn't have kids. And it was a challenge for us. We were desperate to be parents. And through the process of IVF, we had our first boy, Hudson. And we were delighted. But we had one opportunity left. And as we embarked on this opportunity of IVF for our second child, something went wrong and there were some health problems. And it was pretty much a certain that we weren't going to be able to have this second child. And one of our friends came up to us, a couple came up to us and they said, no, Dan, we're not having it. We believe that you're going to have a second child. And they laid hands and they prayed for us. The next day, we went to here, um, Andrew Cannon White, the vicar of Baghdad. Can someone remember three years ago or so he was here preaching? No, it must be more than three years, four years ago, five years ago. And he was preaching. And we were out the back with him and he said, he said, have you seen this Bible? And I was like, yeah, he goes, do you want to hold it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm always up for challenges. So he, he, he gave me this Bible and I held it. And as I held this Bible, all I could hear was a heartbeat and I felt a heartbeat coming out of the Bible. And I was like, wow. And I said, who's Bible? No, he said to me, guess whose Bible that is? I said, I don't know. And he said, it's Smith Wigglesworth Bible. If you know Smith Wigglesworth, he was a, a guy who saw crazy supernatural miracles centuries ago. And as I held that, and as the, as the fire, and as, as the heartbeat came through there, the next day when we went for our scan, we went for our scan, and we got told, and these are the words the consultant used, there is a healthy, holy heartbeat there. Wow. We've got to dream big in the supernatural. God is doing something. We've got to go after it. If we want to see something that's not been done before, we've got to stretch out and go for the supernatural. We've got to dream it. We've got to go for it. Dave, I'd love it if you could come up here as we conclude today.
Hopefully if I've inspired you, hopefully I'm encouraging you. Think about that. What has not been done before? I believe that God is walking you into something that has not yet been seen. You might have heard this story, but I, I love this story. It really helps me. When they were building the Walt Disney Federation, they were building the big park in Florida. And just before they were going to open this park, this something that Walt Disney had seen so many times before, and his widow was standing there, and the head of the chief executive of the Walt Disney Foundation turns around at the opening ceremony and says to Walt Disney's, uh, um, um, what's the word? Widow. Says to Walt Disney's widow, isn't it a shame that Walt's not here to see it? She looked at him perplexed and said, Walt saw it, and that's why it's happening. Guys, what are we dreaming? What supernatural element, what are you dreaming for God to do in your life, in your community, where he's placed you? We've got to step up to do it. Today, I want you to walk out of this place in encouragement to know, try something that has not been done before. <laughs> Sorry, my wife's calling me. That's not helpful, is it? <laughs> Decline. <laughs> Don't preach from a MacBook. It's all gone, Dave. What is happening? <laughs> I, I want to encourage you. Here we go. We're back on it. Sweated a bit, but we're there. <laughs> wow. What has not been done before? We need to ask ourselves, in what's not been done before, who are we becoming? What are we expecting? I love it. Stop phoning me, Joe. <laughs> Dave, help me out here. <laughs> we need to be asking who are we becoming I remember at the start of 2020 I'm feeling this is going to be a great year it's been a challenging year already hasn't it you know with floods with the, uh, with the uh, fires in Australia we've seen so many challenges now with our, the, the coronavirus but I tell you what I'm believing that God is going to be doing so much more we're living in unprecedented times but there's going to be a move of God that's going to blow our minds We've got to prepare for it now. Who are we becoming? I remember praying at the start of the 2020, God, do something significant. This is our time as a church. And I felt him say, Dan, live a life of astonishment. You read it in the Bible. What do they say about Jesus? Luke 4, verse 32. I love it. It says, there too, the people were amazed at Jesus teaching. Matthew 7, verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, crowds were amazed and astonished at his teaching. Mark 1, verse 22. The people were amazed at his teaching with such authority. Matthew 7, 28 to 30. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed. Matthew 15, 30 to 31. Vast crowds saw Jesus heal the crowd and they were amazed. I don't know about you, but when I think about what's not been done before, I want to live a life of astonishment and amazement for people. I want to go out there and bring life and hope and purpose and freedom for people. But I've got to step out. I've got to look at what Jesus done and model that. Step into something new. Step into something fresh. I want you today to step into the purpose. Step up and take responsibility for the kingdom of God. See, when we go for it in God and when we try something new, when we try something fresh, it's one of the most attractive things we can do. Seek after God's purposes. So as you've been here today, I would love you to respond. I'm talking about what's not been done before. That's not been done before. I want to encourage you. What are you going to do for Jesus that's going to amaze people? You might be doing it. I want to cheer you on.
but you might be challenged to step up your game. You see, sometimes when we look at Matthew 28 and we see, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them, it can be a bit daunting. I want to take the pressure off your church and just go one by one. Love your neighbour. Let's get someone, one of our mates saved. Let's see a healing. One by one, one by one. And as we all build together, we will see a great move of God, but we have to take responsibility for it. So right where you are, what we're going to do, we're going to pray for two things today. Number one, if you've not yet made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to do it. It's the greatest decision. Or if you want to reconnect with Jesus Christ this morning. And secondly, I want to challenge you to try something, to step out to something that's not been done before. I want you to think about who are we becoming, what are we placing on ourselves now, what are we choosing now that's going to determine where we're going to go as a person. So we've got a prayer that we pray every week and I'd love us to engage with this. If you've not yet made a decision to follow, I want to encourage you to do this. So we're going to read this together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. As every eye is bowed, why don't you stretch out your hands. This could be a great start of an adventure for someone today. If that's you and you know you've prayed that from your heart, of you accepting Jesus Christ into your life, just where you are, just so I can see. If you just put your hand up, because I'd love to connect with you and some of our team would be able to do that. That's fantastic. Salvation's in the house. We're living in great days. Thank you, God. Is there anyone else who would like to make that decision? Well, then what, right where you are, if you've been listening online or you're here live today, has something stirred up inside of you? Are you feeling you want to go to do something that's not been done before? Do you want to step out one by one? I'd love to encourage you. Respond to God today. I'm going to pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you go out of here, you take responsibility for the kingdom. So right where you are, if you feel that God's been speaking to you this morning, open your hands up, open your hearts up, open your mind, your senses to God today. We're going to pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you that you're moving in this place. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for your presence as people watch online. We pray that we will walk into your potential. We thank you that we are your dearly loved sons and daughters, that you're proud of us. And we pray, we say, we want to do something that has not been done before. We want to step out in faith for you. We want to see stories of your goodness. And we want to bring life and hope and freedom to our community. Thank you for the workplace, for the community, for the street, for the family that you've placed us in. And may we look at it and seize that opportunity for you. Fill us with the Holy Spirit as we walk out of this place to be scattered, to see your kingdom come. And all God's people said, well, God bless you. It's been great being with you this morning.